This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be First question, um, I was just curious, like, just to get started, like, how you how you navigated that stage in your late 20s? Like, I think you, I think my conversations of late 20s is one of those unique places where my, I think people are confused a little bit, and this might be a good place to create clarity. I don't give advice based on just things I've lived. I do it based on things I've observed and synthesized the way that I synthesize human behavior and think, you know, voice or social media or e-commerce are going to be big is the same way I think about these things. So, first of all, I navigated my late 20s, you know, the way I did, which is ironic, which is, you know, that was me coming out of my work every minute, do nothing else phase. I fell in love, I got married, and I started having some Saturdays to myself, and that was cool, and... Um, it was an interesting time for me, but it was definitely a time where it led to me turning 30 and having like this, oh shit, my actions have to map my you know, mouth and my ambitions. And, uh, and so it was a really interesting time. It was probably like, if I, if I actually had to say it, ironically, my 28, 29, 28, 29 is probably the most chill years of my life, which is really interesting to me. Like in hindsight, 28, 29 were my most chill years. Meaning, I didn't work Saturdays for the first time in my life. I was coming home like at seven or what have you. Like it was the most chill years of my life. Well, uh, how old were you in the Uh, 28. Yeah. That's, that's why it happened. How do you like, how do you separate your desire to be really competitive with Keeping up with the Joneses, because I feel like a lot of people uh, that's really good. get that confused. That's a really good question, actually, because I don't have a quick answer. Uh, how do I? Um, well, I actually just figured it out. It took me a little bit. I don't think having stuff is the indicator to success. Thus, really easy not to be competitive when I don't give a shit that you have a Rolex. Right. Like, let's talk about LeBron and Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan has six championships. LeBron has what, three? Right? Cool, so when people debate about like, yo, who's the GOAT? People can go to that. Or LeBron can say, okay, cool, that's a fun conversation. Now let's go macro. Who's the better human? Who's the winning human in me versus Jordan? And he can win that debate real fucking fast. So I think the way I am able to do it is to contextualize. Why do I have the audacity to be the generational entrepreneur of this generation? Because I don't contextualize just on being the best inventor or the richest. I have created a framework of impact and you know things of that, like a different game. It's not in the framework of profession, it's in the framework of life. Right. Yeah, and, and by the way, when you're so in that place where you get to be the judge and the jury of the competitive game, you can rig the game. But you have to keep yourself accountable. Like, like I'm cool now because I still have audacity, but like if I don't impact, if like somebody comes along and doesn't, like you have to be okay with like, you can't be full of shit while understanding what game you're playing. I'm clearly, through my actions, not playing make the most money game. Like when, when people get very confused, I've got crazy master plans like, like, if you watched me navigate yesterday's Jets game, like, you'll believe more than, Phil, how crazy is just the whole scene of, like, me at Jets now between the fans, between the players? 
it's unbelievable. It was, it was, loose count was at least 70 people throughout the course of the game. So like, so if I told you there's two ways to buy the Jets. One, go and make $4 billion and be a dick face. Or two, go and make $800 million, but literally basically force the entire world's energy to want you to be the owner of the New York Jets. Be interesting to see what people would say is the better path of getting there. Can the players help? <laughs> it's better than that, dude. I genuinely think I can crowdfund the ownership of the New York Jets when the time comes. I genuinely think that that's gonna happen. If I'm unable to amass it, the will of the people will get me there. So anyway, that's one big, long-winded, philosophical answer to your question, which is very easily. If I don't think how many BMWs, homes, and Rolexes you have are the count, it's very easy to not know that it exists. You're like creating a score in your own head. Basically. Correct, you're, you're creating the game in your own head. When people ask you like who you admire, you never say like Steve Jobs or you're kind of like more about, I guess the people that are putting in the work, building something from scratch, yes. like that. Like, the, like all these homies I follow on Instagram, all signed, who, uh, who are out thrift storing right now. Yeah, how, how do you go about changing who you admire to that? Because I feel like they're part of the thing in the late 20s. It's like, you know, so many people are actually admiring the wrong people. How do you go well, you know, first of all, I don't, you know, I don't want to get caught in like saying they're admiring the wrong people. Everyone should admire who they want to admire. I think that um, let's go back. This goes back to one big game, you know, of like, what are you playing? Like, I always use analogies of like, I'm playing basketball, they're playing soccer, or this and that. Da, 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 da. Like, I think if you really level it up, like I've been able to decide, you know, what I'm about and what I uh, appreciate. And I take from that, and I look, and I think, there's another thing, I don't admire Gandhi. Like, I don't admire, you know, the, the Dalai Lama. So like, it's not like I've become like, you know, I think a lot of times people go very hardcore, right? They'll go like, I give a fuck about Steve Jobs. And then like the other sibling that's totally different, it's like, yeah, whatever, it's like John Lennon, you know? Like, got it? I've got both. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. You know? Yeah. That's what I am. I'm really, extremely both. And that makes me, you know, and that's why I think people have really kind of interesting reactions to me because I think I'm an indicator of what's going through their mind. How do you feel like you're just, you always talk about like you're just starting at 42, like you feel that way? What, what, makes, you, what makes you feel that way? Well, because I think as long as I don't die from a horrible accident or a disease that takes my, is a terminal disease too young, I'll probably be doing, no, not probably, as long as those two things don't happen or some terrible thing happens in my life, in my family that just kind of mentally cripples me, I'm gonna be doing this for another 40 years. And I've only been doing it for 20 years post, like officially full time, because I was sucked into having to do some school. So, I don't know. Super easy to think if you're in year 20 of a 60 year game, that you're still fairly in it early, right? Yeah. And then if you think about what entrepreneurship is, I'm 20 out of 60 in, yet I have all the foundation of my work in the 20, so it becomes exponential. Cool, that's all I got for this article. It's super practical. Like what people don't understand is a lot of people that made all this money, they were high risk. 
Like, there's like six Instagrams. Yeah. And Uber. There's like six of those. You know? That's why I'm becoming outrageously practical. Like, I think it's practical in your late 20s to move back in with your parents. The only reason you're not is you hate your parents or you worry about what other people think. Otherwise, it's fucking... I wish I was living with my parents now. I love my parents. It's cozy as shit. Everything <laughs> my wife asks me to do, my mom would do for me if she was there. <laughs> I love the, the summer when we're kind of more together. That's the shit. You know? I think it's practical. Like, I can't think of an easier way to make 200 bucks than to garage sale and thrift. It's actually getting uncomfortable to me. On Sunday, you're like, you want to quit. Yeah, I was with D-Rock on Sunday because he came over to film some white stuff. I was like, man, I really just might quit this all and just be garage sale Gary. Just like straight up. And then Brandon, who's just so smart and awesome, he's like, you'll probably end up making more money. Like, it'll be the ultimate, like, do what you love. Like, could you imagine if I literally just, like, went rogue as fucking did it? I know you could. <laughs> I, think there's always a, I always think there's a 1% chance that everybody knows I could do it. Uh, you start to see it with inner toys, so. Right. <laughs> cool? Yeah. Awesome. What's up, podcast? It's me. Uh, pretty exciting news for everybody who owns a Roku. I'm on it now. And so if you have a Roku, you should be able to find it. So if you want to check out the article on how to sign up on Roku, Gary V-E-E dot com slash Gary V-E-E Roku, R-O-K-U. And uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, I, I think the distribution of my content on OTTs is important. And, uh, and I'd love to get some feedback. I want to see how the experience is. So anybody can hit me up on Twitter where I'm engaging tremendously. Um, let me know how the Roku experience uh, is with my content. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. See ya.